Toss like a GoPro. Think of my GoPro. Boy, you moving too slow. Think of my say so. Now I'm fast like Stuart McSwain. Moving real flash, you think I'm insane. 240 on the spot, K on the dot, now they're begging me to stop. No, no, Taking Toss like a GoPro. Think of my GoPro. Boy, you moving too slow. Think of my say so. Now I'm fast like Stuart McSwain. Moving real flash, you think I'm insane. 240 on the spot, K on the dot, now they're begging me to stop. Hey guys, welcome back to the Sticks and Bones Running Podcast. Today we are joined by two-time Olympian, Australian record holder, NCAA champion, Patrick Tiernan. How are you, Pat? Good, fellas. How are you doing? Not too bad. Thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having me. How's training going leading into Tokyo? It's going well, mate. Yeah, no, everything's everything's falling into place pretty well. Um... You know, but this is kind of a, a new environment for me leading into a major championship. Um, but yeah, I've def- this is probably the best prepared I've felt for a, for a major championship um, in my career to date. So I'm really looking forward to getting out there. That's awesome. Uh, Isaac, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so Pat, could you, we obviously gave you a quick in, um, introduction there, but could you just go into a bit more depth about your PBs, what distances you run, and just uh, give the Listeners, a better idea of who you are. Yeah, of course. So, um, so yes, I run the 5,000 and 10,000 metres. Um, PBs in those events are 13, 12 and uh, 27, 22 respectively. Um, been focusing on those two events now for about five years. Um, the 5K a little longer before that, but the 10 probably only, really only got introduced to that um, at the latter end of 2016. Um but yeah, so that's those are my main two events. Um, I'll race sort of shorter or longer than that, just for sort of fitness purposes. But um, yeah, those are, those are the two main events that I focus on when it comes to championship racing. Yeah, nice. So, um, when and how did you get into running at a competitive level? Yeah, I started running at a pretty young age when I was about nine years old. Um, Really got into it through my uh, PE coach at the time, actually. Um, yeah, I started running at sort of our club states for cross country, and cross country is kind of what really got me into running. I wasn't actually very good at track until um, until I turned about fifteen or sixteen. So, um, yeah, so I was big into cross country from a pretty young age, um, and then got the opportunity to go to college in the states, uh, Villanova. And um, that was when it really kind of kick-started, like the idea that I might be able to might be able to pursue a career in this um, and actually make, you know, make an Australian team and and represent them at, at a you know level like the Olympics. So um, yeah, that dream didn't really didn't really get going for me until I would say you know, the end of 2013, even as late as 2014. Um, that's when that's when something like this became reality for me. Yeah. So, how did you perform in um, high school? And obviously, Villanova is a pretty good college, so probably needed some pretty good results to get in there. So, how were you as a high school athlete? Yeah, I think I was always pretty like consistently at the top, um, sort of in the top five, top ten, I would say, um, in my age group throughout high school. I think. Most, I think my worst place at uh, national cross in a, in a uh, junior age group was 15th or 16th, I think. Um, but I was fairly regularly in the top five at, for cross country and then 
Um, track, I think. I don't know if I won any um, Australian junior track titles until I got to under 20s, and then I won the five and the 15 in in 2012. Um, so yeah, so I, I kind of you know wasn't doing anything spectacular. I would say in high school, I was you know running running well, but we weren't running any crazy times or you know running away with with victories at, at national champs or sta- even state champs. Um, so yeah, so I wasn't doing anything anything nuts in that regard, but um, yeah, really sort of came into my own when I turned seventeen, I would say, um, and had a had a good run there and um, over that year, and that's ultimately what led me to to go over to Villanova in, at the start of twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, what what drew you to college, and how did you end up at Villanova? Mate, to be honest with you. Um, what drew me to college was that I was doing absolutely nothing in Australia. Um, I was enrolled in uni uh, at University of Queensland in 2012, um, and I was doing terrible. I think I was in, I was doing exercise science, and I was signed up for about eight classes and failed about three of them. Um, so I was just messing around, not doing anything right. Um, but yeah, so then I got the opportunity to go to Villanova and, um, you know, actually kind of turn my life around a bit in that regard. And so that was a big wake up call for me. So going to Villanova wasn't, wasn't so much a running based decision. It was more so a, a life based decision for me. Um, and it turns out that I went there and sort of focusing on running was something that trying to, you know, tick the box for me, um, and really sort of switched, switched my mentality on what I was doing. Um, I think I straightened myself out a little bit when I, you know, when I got there and, um, you know, that kind of set me off on, on a, a better trajectory than I think I was on, uh, in Australia. So, um, but yes, and then once I got there, running kind of really took over and was a, was a priority in my life. And I think that was, that was a healthy, healthy thing for me at the time. Yeah. Cause I listened to a interview of Marcus speaking about you and, um, <laughs> he, he said not only is Pat a remarkable athlete, but a good student as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think he, he <laughs> which is funny because he knew that I wasn't a good student company and we had to, we had to jump through some hoops to get me sorted out. Um, but when I got there, the good thing about the college system is that in order to run, you have to be doing well in, in school as well. So for our specific, like Marcus generally had a rule on the track and field team that if your GPA, um, GPAs over, over in the US are on a basically zero to four point scale, um, where twos are, twos are a C, um, threes are Bs and fours are A's. And I think to be eligible, you have to have a, um, GPA above, might be as low as 1.9, but Marcus always said, like, if you're below a 2.5, you got to go to study hall and sort of sort your, sort your stuff out. Um, so that was always a good motivator for me as far as getting, get myself together academically. Um, knowing that, you know, you've got to be able to, you've got to be doing well in your classes if you want to run. Whereas in Australia, it was like the two were completely separated. Like I was flunking out of university, but was doing whatever I wanted running wise, you know. Um, so that was, that was really good for me. I think 
was, you know, having those something that I really wanted to do, depending on something that I wasn't as motivated to do initially. Um, and they sort of help balance each other out there. Yeah. Did you adapt to the college like well? Yeah, it was very different than what I thought it was going to be. I'm not going to lie. I went over and thought it was going to be like, you know, like the movies. Yeah. And you go over there and it's a, you know, it's a big party school or something like that and you have some fun and all of that. And Villanova is definitely not that school, um, which ended up being good for me. So, um, no, it was good. I had, a, you know, I had a couple of Aussies over there already and Geordie Williams and Sam McEntee. Um, and, you know, those those two fellas are definitely, you know, they're two of my better mates to date still. Um, you know, so it really helped having them there. Um, Geordie will take it to his grave that he's, that he's the reason I, I did so well um, in college. So I'll, I'll give him a little bit of credit there. But, um, yeah, no, it definitely, it was definitely easy for me to adapt into it because those two had already sort of settled in and, um, you know, make connections. So for me, I was just trying to like, you know, I was like Geordie's, Geordie's show and tell for the first, first two weeks. And from that point on, it's kind of easy. Everyone loved him. So it was easy for me to, you know, fit in and, um, and whatnot. So it was, it was a very, very smooth transition for me, uh, right from the get go. Yeah. yeah. What was it like being coached by Mark Sullivan, who's like a four time Olympian and, has run 101 sub four minute miles. It's great. Um, so I actually didn't know how um, prestigious his professional career was probably until about a year after I got there. Um, he, um, but no, it's it was phenomenal. Like I, I was coached by him through college, and then for three, three and a half years afterwards. Um, and the time I've spent with him is is something that's you know that's invaluable to me. That's that's something that I'll I'll keep with me forever. Um, and you know he's just one of those guys who's been there and done it. You know he's um, like you said four time Olympian. He won three world indoor titles in the fifteen hundred. Um, so he just like you know he he's really he'd been in a lot of positions that I found myself in and so he was always someone who I could go to even still you know I'll give him a call every now and then and if I'm in a bit of a pickle about something just see if he's got any advice and usually he's got something really positive or it doesn't even have to be positive something just constructive to say to me um so yes that was great and he's you know his training was definitely on the on the more conservative side I would say which I think was beneficial all through college and it set me up well now um to really get after it and you know be be a bit more aggressive with um with fine tuning things and whatnot so um no definitely definitely seven years that were really really beneficial to to both me as an athlete and a person I think yeah. Was the team environment good there? Like different to Australia, of course, but did you like the team environment? Yeah, it was great. I think the team environment was something that, you know, it adds, it adds something to, to the sport. I think it's rare that you get, you know, that you find yourself in a, in a team environment in our sport. Um, so it was, you know, it was cool. We had, you know, when you ran cross country, you were, yeah, you were running kind of for yourself, but you also had a team title that you were working towards. Track and field was the same thing, you know. Overall, you had conference titles, and then if your team was good enough, you had national titles you were competing for. Um, 
But it's just, you know, it's it's kind of like it's a group that you just automatically fit into, so it's easy to make friends and you've got a lot of common ground. And these are people that, you know, you're spending most of your day with them because you go to, you know, especially in college, you might your classes might line up, so you'll have a couple of mates from your team in your classes and you'll go to training together, then grab something to eat afterwards and chances are you're rooming with, with some of them as well. So um, they become some of your closest mates and it's it's just really it's a really positive environment if you use it well um and you know that's something that i'm benefiting from now being in a group going back to you know training by myself for three years and then going back into a team environment is something that's really been positive for me and over the last 12 months um and you know i look back on my time at Villanova now and think yeah that was a that was definitely a key aspect to, to why i was running well there um so yeah, I think it adds a lot to the experience and definitely keeps you, you know, keeps the sport fun, which is good. Yeah, incredible. Um, top three best experience that, experiences at college, and why is the four by a mile win at the 2015 Pen Relays one of them? <laughs> <laughs> um, the four by mile. I was not gonna lie, I was pissed when I finished my my legs because I handed off to Geordie and then he started jogging and I thought why did I run so bloody hard for him just to jog a 30 second hundred um, <laughs> no that's definitely that's definitely one of the top three um, once again it's just you know it's a team it's a team um, achievement and that's not something especially being a distance runner um, you know like you might get the Opportunity to run a four by eight if you're a miler or something, but I was five ten, so I, the only relays I ran was the four by mile at ten relays. Um, so yeah, so um, but once again, Jordy and Sam were both on that team, and then Rob Rob Denault, the um, the fourth guy on that team, was he was an international as well, so he, we were really close with him, and um, you know it's one of those things where you're training together. For at that point, we'd all been training together for nearly. Two and a half years. Um, so it was just awesome. And I mean, I mean, you've always seen the race. Oregon were big favourites going in. And the coolest part about that was Geordie had lost the DMR on the ankle leg to uh, Ed the day before. And I was, Geordie and I were roommates um, at the time. And he came back from, back from the track. And he comes in through the room and he just looks at me and he's like, get me the stick within like you know within a meter or two of him and i'll get us that wheel tomorrow obviously i'm i'm leaving out a few words that he was saying but um yeah it was just like he came in he had such confidence and i was just like all right i know what i gotta do so that was like that was all i had to do i was and then as soon as he you know i think even with 200 to go when he started going like i, I knew he was going to get him i'm not like for the the whole leg, I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but with 200 to go, as soon as he got, as soon as he covered the move, I was like, that's it. He's like, he's got this for us. Um, so yeah, that's probably, that's number one for me, for sure. Number two is a um, cross country title. Um, and the only reason that's number two is because most of my mates had graduated by the time I'd done that. So Geordie and Smack and Rob, like none of them were at Villanova anymore. Um, and I was going as an individual. We had a freshman who made it as well and he was, he was great to have there. Um, but you know, it's just different when you, 
when you're by yourself rather than having the team around you. Um, but no, but that's number two because that was something Mark and I worked towards for, for four years at that point. Um, and it was just a race that, you know, a lot of people were saying I shouldn't have won. So to cap my career there with that, that was, um, that was a big one. And then number three. Number three was probably cross country nationals my first year because we finished my first year. No, because uh, sorry, I thought we finished seventh that year, but we didn't. Um, oh, actually, um, cross country our conference cross country meet that first year in 2013 because we won conference and that was a big deal for us at the time. Um, and that was the first time I'd sort of experienced winning as a as a team somewhere. So um, yeah, I would say those three those three um, results were probably the the three highlights of my running career at Nova. Yeah, that that were remarkable races. The um, NCAA win and that interesting mile. Yeah, interesting is a good word for it. <laughs> Ended yeah. out good. What'd you say? Ended out good. <laughs> it, did, it did. Turned out well for us. Well, going into your first Olympics in Rio during college, what was the lead up like compared to your lead up now? Um, twenty six. Biggest difference between twenty sixteen and this year is that making the team was my achievement. Uh, that year. So I made the team and that was very emotionally draining for me because I'd been through, been through a lot to get there. And, um, you know, when I finally got, got the call that I'd made a team, that was, that was kind of what I'd been working towards all year was getting that call. Um, and so I think, you know, I was still training well and all of that in my lead up to the, to the games between when I got picked and, and the actual, um, actual event, but I just think mentally I'd just, I'd tapped out, you know, cause I was just drained from the mental process of trying to make the team. Um, so then when I finally did, it was almost like I didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't have that next, um, what was next in my head. And so I just wasn't prepared for the, for the actual Olympics themselves. Um, and you know, you can't, you can't hide at the Olympics like that's the, that's the biggest stage. People people bring out the big guns there. So, um, you know, I'd say I just more wasn't I just wasn't mentally prepared for that that event. Um, whereas this time around, the goal all year has been, you know, what I'm going to do at the Olympics. Um, making the team was kind of like a a step along the way um, to the end goal. So that's been the biggest difference this year. I would say um, I'm just you know in a lot stronger stronger headspace than I was then and, and feel like I'm ready to compete there rather than rather than just making the team. Um so and it's great because I think we actually have a lot of a lot of people on the uh on the team at the moment who are in that sort of headspace who have you know, they've really prepared to compete at the Olympics rather than just making the team. Um which is a great thing for our our sport. Um, and I think it's why you've seen such a, you know, such a grow in, in our distance and middle distance events over the last couple of years. Right. How's life like in the Olympic Village? Life in the Olympic Village. Um, 
trying to think back. This year it's going to be very different. I'll give you that. Um, it was pretty crazy. I think at one point uh, we had Clay Thompson in our uh, in the Australian hotel, um, which was pretty cool. Um, but no, you just it's it's overwhelming. Like you just see so many sports stars that you've looked up to for years. And it's so hard to put yourself on that level to think that, like, you're at the same event that they're at. Um, but, yeah, so definitely overwhelming. Um, I would say, yeah, you know who's finished their events. That's for sure. There's definitely a big separation between the people who are still locked in and the people who have, uh, who have finished up. Um, there's one. There was one McDonald's in Rio in the village, and the line was insane for it. It was just all these people who were thrilled to be done, and they're like, "Yeah, I haven't eaten this in ages." So the line was just like, the line was insane. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely a fun time. Um, but once again, it it kind of you know depends what you're going there for and i think in 2016 i was going there for a good time um and this time around i'm i'm sort of going there to compete so um i think the the restrictions and regulations will definitely definitely help with that all right uh what was the experience like racing against the best in the world and being one of the best in the world it's uh, (laughs) good addition (laughs) Um, I think, uh, you know, it was, it was something I needed in 2016, kind of like a wake up call just to, to compete against them once and, and get my ass handed to me. Um, cause then you come back later and, you know, you basically say to yourself, you don't want that to happen again. Um, and you want to be, you know, you don't want to be competing against the best in the world. You want to be considered, considered one of the best. So, um, yeah, 2016, I definitely wasn't one of the best. And then, um, you know, I went away and worked really hard in 2017 to make sure when I went back there that I'd be, you know, putting myself up there and, um, did that in the 5k, you know, made the final world champs and, and gave myself a shot. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of been the mentality going forward now. And I've had a couple of rougher years with that, but I feel like I'm back in a spot where I'm ready to, ready to really Compete with those fellas up front and hopefully, hopefully give it a good crack. It's good to hear. Thanks, mate. <laughs> what, so, what are your top three memories from going to Rio? Top three memories. Top three memories are being on the start line um, and sort of realizing where I was. It's kind of like a kind of a surreal moment. You like. Standing there and it all hits you once like, shit, I'm representing Australia at the Olympics <laughs> in front of like, and everyone's watching and you realize it. Um, and then the whistle blows and then you're like, wow, I still got a race. And like, clicks. <laughs> so I'm hoping, I'm hoping I've prepared myself so that I don't have that experience again. Um, but that was definitely number one. That was awesome. Just sort of having all of those emotions rush over you. Um, I think we didn't really get to see much else um, other than other than track and field because everything was so spread out in Rio. Um, but I would say watching Bolt winning 
his last Olympic gold in the 100. That was awesome. Um, and then... We didn't really have too many other than Clay coming in. We didn't really have too many. I'm not going to put Clay Thompson as a top three. Um, Clay is great, but he's not a top three Olympic <laughs> experience just to see him. Um, Did you ever, like, see, like, LeBron James at McDonald's or something? Like, no. Nah, oh, that's number three. I, Simone Biles was behind me in line <laughs> at McDonald's. And she <laughs> is, mate, I would not. If she squared me up, I would nod back down and say, take everything, take everything, I'm not taking you on. Um, yeah, Simone Biles in line. That was pretty cool, actually. Um, that was the first year she was, like, destroying it. Um, but, no, all the basketball, US basketballers had their own accommodation. They were off somewhere else, I think. So it was, yeah, it was weird that Clay was there. Well, it wasn't weird. We all knew what he was there for, but... Um, he was, uh, but all the other basketballers were out, out doing their own thing mostly. Yeah. Um, awesome. Sounds good. So once you had finished with college and obviously you'd just been to an Olympic Games, um, did you, you obviously knew at that point that running was something you wanted to continue in the future? Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I went back to college, um, focus was to win NCAA cross a year and then come back and win Zatapak and I ticked those two boxes and then for me it was trying to like alright let's try and do this professionally um, I was lucky enough to, to sign a contract with Nike after that and that sort of set me up to, to be able to chase chase stuff again for the next four years um, so yeah so it was you know that was definitely a turning point for me Rio in the sense that I left it thinking you know I want to I want to do that again, but I want to do it better. Um, Because you just, you know, you just, I just left sort of empty handed. You know, the experience was great, but I didn't, you know, I didn't do what I wanted to do there. Um, So, yeah, so that was a big turning point for me. Um, Definitely sort of put me on the right path going forward as far as, you know, wanting to be competitive and and all of that. Yeah, so you stayed with your college coach, Marcus O'Sullivan, for three years. After yep. you left college, so who were you training with? Were you doing that solo or with the Villanova team? Yeah, mostly solo. Um, there was a sort of group of group of blokes that I met towards the end of my time there, um, who I do runs with and, and stuff like that. And I would link up with some mates who were still in town from Villanova um, for rosy days and stuff like that. But most of my sessions were were solo and. Um, it wasn't too bad because for me it was more just like Marcus would come out and having him there was really all I needed in that regard. Um, well, that's and that's sort of where my head was headspace was at the time. Whereas now I think I'm at a point in my career where you know you need that extra that extra drive and something to to get you to that next that next level, I guess, um, mm. in the sport. So, um, but yeah, no, mostly solo. Um, a lot of um, Self-accountability, which, as we've learned from my year at university in Australia, is not my strong point. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we um, that was kind of another thing for me moving out to a group was I, I sort of felt myself in that last year before I did sort of getting a little lazy with that stuff. Um, and that was kind of kind of a big incentive for me to, to make sure that I sort of recreated that 
that for myself um, by being part of a group and, and really getting focused again. Yeah, quick question. What, how do you reckon you would have ended up if you weren't a runner? <laughs> without a without a degree, um, may I have no idea what I'd be doing right now. I, I wouldn't. That's like another. Uh, that's like the poor man's Pat Tiernan, whatever that would be. Um, probably probably a drinking problem and, and doing, doing something I something I hated. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'm very, very fortunate that I that I made that move because I don't think I'd be, uh, don't think I'd be in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> How did you end up moving to Oregon Track Club, and why do you choose them? Um, so, basically, Marcus and I had, had a chat at the end of 2019. Um, that worked out perfectly because I was kind of feeling after the, um, you know, I did the health pace to sub two attempt and was around a lot of guys there. And that was kind of a rare experience because you actually got to mingle with guys you're competing against usually. Um, and it kind of dawned on me then that there was a lot I was missing by not being part of a group. Um, so I've sort of had that, you know, I came back from that and started thinking about it. And there was one day where Marcus, um, gave me a call and asked if I could, you know, come in and go over the next, the next year, like the lead up, um, for the Olympics. And basically started the conversation by being like, I think after this year, you need to, need to move on to a group and, and sort of, you know, if you want to keep progressing in the sport, I think that's, that's the right step for you. Um, and it was great because I said I was, you've sort of made that conversation a lot easier because I was feeling the same way. Um, so yeah, so the original plan was to wait until after the Olympics and then, um, make a move out to a group. But then the pandemic hit and, you know, we sort of figured I'm not doing any racing now anyway. Everything's been pushed back a year, so we may as well try and make this move now. Um, just also because the Olympics only, only come once every four years. So it's a rare, rare opportunity in that regard um but yeah so then choosing groups um OCC was just the best fit for me I mean Mark's got a very similar philosophy to Marcus it's just that his main his job is to coach a professional group and Marcus's job is to coach a college group um so you know there's just things that naturally become more focused and more centralized around you when you when you go to that sort of setting um and two it was just a son needed you know he'd been trying to get me out here since 2017 so i finally finally caved into that um and uh yeah it was just you know it just worked out well for me i think a lot of the training's very um specific to certain athletes out here now um whereas i think some other groups you know it's kind of a it's very much a group mentality in the sense that this is what everyone's doing and like you kind of got to mold into that whereas mark's definitely more you know he looks at what's what works for you what doesn't he takes his time getting to get to know each athlete that comes in and, and really figuring out what what makes each athlete tick so um you know that was that was something that was really a big incentive for me coming out here um and then just generally, they've got so much experience as a group. I mean, you've got Hassan and uh, Ben Blankenship who have both made 
you know, I think this year was the first time they hadn't made a US team in about since 2015, I want to say, um, which is a tough team to make, you know, so that's, that's always something that they got to gear up for and be ready for. Um, Chanel Price won 2014 World Indoors in the 800. Um, you got Sally Kivieger who won a medal in London and Nigel. she's, she, what'd you say? Yeah, Nigel Amos. Nigel as well, yeah, and they're all, and that's the best thing about all of them is that they're, you know, they've all had this success and they've, but they've all gone about it very different ways. So it's been great to be able to just, you know, get to know them all, but also just be able to watch and observe how they go about things and, um, you know, trying to make sure you realise that everybody's got their secret formula and you just try to figure out what works for you. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, having people like that around has been a real, really positive thing uh, for me. Just, you know, I think there's something to be said about surrounding yourself with successful people because um, they just know how to get it done. You know, they've been there, they've done it, and to be around people who are doing it in the same, you know, same setting as me is, is awesome. Yeah. Sounds like a good group. Best thing about being in OTC and your best experience uh, today for being in there? Best thing about being here. The worst thing is that I get my ass handed to me by Hassan in golf every other week. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep coming back. So that's, that's the worst. Um Best is, you know, we had a, um, our best experience so far was definitely we had a meet up in Portland. Um, I think it was, when was it? End of May. Um, I ran a 1500 and I ran a big PB, ran 338, and I thought, like in my head, I was thinking, you know, I ran 338, that's gotta be, gotta be one of the better results of the day. Um, Anyway, in the space of 15 minutes, I ran 3.38 and then we had two girls run the 800-meter Olympic standard, both ran 158 and 159, and then we had two guys run the Olympic 1500 standard, run 3.33, 3.34, and one bloke who just missed it running 3.35 low. So, <laughs> but the best part about that was is I wasn't like, Damn, that sucks. It was like, it was exciting, you know, cause you see all the, you see how hard these people work and they're, they're great people and you get to know them so well. So it was just, it was a moment where you're just so happy for those people. Um, and I think that was probably the best, best moment I've had, um, since being in this team was just, you know, being back in a group and feeling that kind of, you know, even though it was all individual efforts, it still felt like a group achievement sort of thing. Um, so being a part of that was, was unreal. And we've had a few moments like that since. Um, but that was kind of the first time where I was like, this is a, you know, this is really something I'm happy to be a part of. Um, and yeah, I think just another one was like, um, my fiance, basically planned this surprise dinner for me um, when I got named to the Olympic team and got all of my teammates to come and um, without me knowing. And, um, you know, they were all really happy for me when I got there. And the best part about that was, you know, like they'd all, this is probably a week after the US trials, and they'd all been working so hard to make this team and, you know, they'd all come up just short. 
Um, so it would have been so easy for him to just be like, nah, screw that. Like, I'm not happy right now. Like, yeah. I just missed out what my goal was for the whole season. Um, but they all showed up. They were all really pumped for me and we had a great, you know, it was a great dinner and, um, that was kind of just, you know, that reinforced to me that I'd, I'd put myself in the right place and I was where I needed to be, um, in order to keep going forward. So. Yeah, those are those have definitely been um definitely been the big reasons why I've you know, why I've said to myself this is this was the right call. Yeah, that's I like I like a decision. Will will you know? Yeah. Okay, so the next bit of questions is um like short, sharp questions and you just give like a quick answer of the first thing that comes to your mind. Alright. First question. What is your favourite beach? Uh, with Sundays, Hamilton Island. Favourite running shoe? Vermeer. Mm. Favourite food? Pizza. <laughs> American oh, pizza or Aussie pizza though? American pizza. 100%. Cheese <laughs> toast. Cheese toast American pizza. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yeah, it does. Oh, good. <laughs> I agree. Oh, man. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Dogs or cats? Dogs. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Track or roads? Track or what? Or the roads. Track. Do you prefer wearing one arm sleeve, both arm sleeves, or no arm sleeves? No arm sleeves. <laughs> Splitties or half tights? Splitties. <laughs> Pink shirts or no shirts for sessions? Pink shirts. <laughs> Pasta the night before a race? Yes or no? Yeah, but not essential. Yeah. AFL or NRL or other another sport? Got to go with NRL. Oh, I mean, got to go with cricket. I'm going with it. Oh. Sport. Oh. <laughs> yeah, got to go with cricket. Poles or woolies? Woolies. <laughs> okay. Am I allowed to say that? I think coals are athletics Australia. Coles. <laughs> I, think I, got, I think I legally got to say cold. <laughs> okay. So across your whole running career, what would you say are your best three races? Best three races. Uh, World Cross in 2017. Um, World Champs 5K Heat in 2017. And um, 10K record in December. So we're out of the short, sharp answers now. So, okay, um, you can give more in-depth responses. Uh, oh, heading into gotcha. yeah, heading into Tokyo for your second Olympics. Um, what are you most looking forward to about the games, and what is your mind, current mindset? Um, most looking forward to just yeah, just just competing. I think I'm in in the sort of shape to do it, and um. You know, my goal is really to just put myself up up in the race and, and be up there as long as I can. Um, 
See, that's what I'm looking forward to most. I think this is, as I was saying before, this is definitely the best preparation I've had for a championship. Um, and I just feel like I'm ready to make that step to to put myself up there and, and really, you know, uh, compete with those those top boys and hopefully, you know, be there with a couple of K to go and, and just see what I got in the tank. All right. Isaac, do you want to... Oh. Oh, and do you have any, do you have any like, um, we, we'll sign off with something brief. Tell us, like, tell the viewers a quote, a joke, or something inspirational from a personal experience or something. Uh, don't don't fail that. three out of eight uni subjects. <laughs> <laughs> and and focus, on, focus on school. <laughs> and keep on running if uh, your academics aren't doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if your academics aren't doing well, then you can't play sports. Um, yeah, I mean, um, my main thing would be just keep keep your sport fun. You know, if you're running, don't don't just keep doing it because you feel like it's what you got to do. Um, you know, it's got to be fun for you and, and try – if it's not fun, then try and figure out a way to make it fun. Because, um, yeah, that's, that makes it a lot easier going forward. Good advice. Uh, best of luck with Tokyo, and thank you for coming on. Great question, uh, great answers. Of course, fellas. Uh, thanks for having me. Good luck. It's good fun. Yeah, yeah, good luck in Tokyo. Cold flames and rewriting these old games. Hey. Taking shots like a GoPro. Think of my GoPro. Say so. Now I'm fast like Stuart McSwain. Moving real flash, you think I'm insane. 40 on the spot, K on the dot, now they're begging me to stop. No, taking shots like a GoPro. Think of my GoPro. Oh, you moving too slow. Think of my say so. Now I'm fast like Stuart McSwain. Moving real flash, you think I'm insane. 40 on the spot, K on the dot, now they're begging me to stop. No, no, no.